Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Our gospel lesson for this morning comes from John, the 16th chapter. Lord, you, o Lord. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take uh, what is mine and declare it to you. Here ends our gospel lesson. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, on our long drive back from Billings, I shared a little bit of insights from my sabbatical experience a year ago with uh, Kathy and Nancy, and they said, oh, that's great, you should preach on it. So I'm going to do that, and if, it's, if I fall on my face, you know who to blame, all right? <laughs> um, well, once again, uh, I was just reflecting that... Uh, By this time, June of last year, I was knee-deep in my intentional sabbatical leave from my regular duties of preaching, presiding, uh, providing pastoral care, uh, funeral, weddings, um, wedding duties, and things like that at this time last year. For me, it was incredibly important and renewing, and I hope that over the course of this past year, uh, the congregation has experienced me um, as a better leader, as more renewed, not uh, as exhausted. Now, granted, the two year, you know, kind of year and a half leading up to that were unique, and I hope we don't have to repeat pandemics every five years or so. But on the whole, it was incredibly important uh, for me to, t- to step aside for a second, to follow Jesus' lead and take a prayerful moment on the mountain, to take a nap, if you will. Uh, from the regular duties of ministry. I hope that that is uh, something that the congregation can uh, continue to provide for pastors in the future. So, once again, many thanks to all of you and your support in this time. Uh, Reason I bring that up, though, and what we were discussing in the car, uh, long car ride back, um, side note, I'm not sure if Billings should be closer to Ronan. But sometimes it would be nice to not have to drive so far, (laughs) Um, especially with Billings as the destination. No offense to my friends in Billings. (laughs) Um, But no, it was a good experience. Um, And then uh, the long car rides like that give you time for extended conversation and reflection. And uh, in the course of things, we got talking about the assembly and everything we had talked about and different ideas. Uh, one of the, the theme for the assembly was equipping the church and its ministries for the future. We got to reflecting on certain trends, uh, which are not necessarily positive for the sustainability of many of our congregations 
and particularly um, uh, the ability of our congregations to continue supporting pastors and um, kind of worship and church activities as they have been. Um, many congregations that used to be able to support two, even three pastors uh, across Montana now struggle to even support one full-time. Uh, and many, support, uh, many congregations that used to support uh, have no problem paying a pastor full-time, can barely even pay half-time if they can pay even that at all. So things like that were up for discussion. And our bishop, Bishop Junglin, led us into reflection on those things and uh, got us thinking and reflecting. As you might expect, many of our, congregation, uh, many of our conversations kind of gravitated towards um, uh, uh, different programs, different things we can adapt, what we do and how we do it, and maybe open ourselves up in new ways to invite people in and get people interested in the ministry and so on and so forth. And for whatever reason, this uh, triggered me and uh, kind of brought me back to a year ago. Conversations with Nancy and Kathy in the car. Thinking about things that we can do and, you know, uh, programs and different ways, different music or uh, teaching opportunities or programs, this or that, right? Usually conversations like that end on programming, right? Let's do things differently. Let's operate differently. Let's change things up. Let's change how we are and how we do things, so on and so forth. And I'm as guilty as anybody in being drawn into that kind of thinking. What, uh, my sabbatical project that I endeavored uh, about a year ago was um, to interview my friends from college. Our longest trip was an extended trip back to the Midwest, which was kind of nice. Normally driving back from Montana, you got like a, you know, 24 hours of driving, hanging out for two days, and <laughs> other Midwesterners in the congregation are shaking their head yes. Uh, <laughs> whether it be Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, whatever. Um, it's a long drive, and you spend almost half your time driving. So one of the gifts of having uh, extended time off was that we could uh, I think it was about two and a half or three weeks that we were able to take on our drive and really spend time with each people, each of the folks that we were meeting with, be they friends or family. So for my sabbatical project, I decided to interview my college friends. Now, as a millennial, I have a unique cohort of uh, companions from my alma mater and the fact that most of them still attend church. The majority of my people my age uh, do not. Uh, that is, the, the majority uh, church or religious affiliation for people my age is no religious affiliation. So I thought it uh, beneficial to, to kind of do a little bit of listening, right? Um, instead of me just writing and talking from my own perspective. Take it in. Check back in with my friends. Why do you go to church? What draws you to church? What are things that you like about church? What are things that you maybe don't like about church? What are some things that you might change about church? And I asked them questions like, if, uh, seeing the trends, if the church were somehow to go away, what would we lose? What would not be missed? I asked them, if somebody started a new ministry, 
What would draw you to it? What would repel you from it? Things like that. And I got all sorts of answers and feedback from my friends. And as my good church leader mindset, I expected things like talking about, uh, you know, cutting edge music that really grips you and draws you in, right? I expected things like Bible studies that really challenge you and make you think, right? I expected things like, like preaching that is really charismatic and uh, you want to listen to, engaging, relevant, terms like that. To my surprise, uh, there was a bit of that in there. But to my surprise, between all conversations, between friends who attend Lutheran and mainline congregations, to my friends who attend, have attended primarily evangelical congregations, to my friends who don't attend church at all, now I think consider themselves basically agnostic, maybe even atheist. Between all of that, I was very surprised to hear the cream that kind of rose to the top of our conversation. Is that what people want from church is community. They want relationship. When they attend a congregation, when they attend worship, when they attend a church, they want a neighbor in the pew who will pray for them. When they attend a Bible study, they want to be heard. When they worship together, they want to worship together. I didn't hear anything about instruments or what bands they're playing or anything like that. I heard about congregation. Even for my atheist agnostic friends, as they envision what church they would maybe consider joining, which they probably wouldn't. What would draw them to it was community was relationship, was feeling like they were included and like they were cared for, not only by the God that we praise, but the people that they joined together in praising that same God. I heard over and over again, I didn't hear anything about programming, I didn't hear anything about buildings, I didn't hear anything about how people are dressed or not dressed. Are they in their Sunday best? Or in the, is it like a pajama church? Is it a formal church? Coffee house church, right? Is it a church with couches or wooden pews? Nothing like that. Time and again, in each and every conversation, in varied language, varied ways, I heard described. People want to join a community of faith where people care. Yes, we worship together, but the togetherness is as much a focus of what people are longing for from congregations these days. I think along the way, we struggle as a church. And by assembly last, not to, not throwing anybody under the bus, you know, we're all scrambling, right? But many of the easier answers for us to come up with. Or how do we redesign our programs, our teachings, our Bible studies, our worship music, right? Our, our preaching. <laughs> That's on me, I guess. Right? But instead, people can 
abide all sorts of faults and failures and all those things and overlook stuff that they don't like. But the thing that they are longing for, longing for, still amongst my generation, the most faithless generation in America today, they're longing to belong. They're longing to be supported by their neighbors in the faith just as much as they are longing to be supported by the infinite God that we praise. They don't want to just feel that in their hearts. They want to feel that in the pews, or the chairs, or the worship couches, the basements, the sanctuaries, the cathedrals, wherever they may be. That is what people are seeking from our congregations. I share that with you, um, perhaps as a gift or as an insight or a reflection from my sabbatical time away, that you all were very much a part of. But I also share that today, on Holy Trinity Sunday, as a reflection on who our God is and who our God has made us to be. God never created in isolation. God never exists in isolation. But God exists in community. Three in one and one in three. God is not content to be one being, but is, exists as three persons. God is not content to be three individuals, but for those three persons to share one mystical, mysterious being. To be this holy, eternal community that creates out of holy, eternal community. It comforts us out of holy, eternal community. It supports us out of holy, eternal community. That saves us out of holy, eternal community. God did not create as one, but God created as three. God did not save us as one, but God created, saved us as three. God does not continue to breathe life, energy, support, care, comfort into our lives and our communities just as one in isolation, but as a holy, eternal community of three. And those three are not individuals, but share that one being, that one holy, powerful, mystical, cosmic unity that apparently even the churchless long for. Even the churchless long for that holy, 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 sacred, eternal communion and community. We get a glimpse of that in the here and now in various ways. Hopefully you experience that with your family, with your friends, especially with in your faith life with God. We just get a glimpse here. But Sunday after Sunday, God is trying to welcome us again and again into that holy mystery. Invite us into the powerful truth that there is so much more to our isolation, our loneliness, us just our uncertainty, us trying to figure it out on our own in the here and now. God has made us to live together, to support one another to pray for one another, to care for one another. And when we do, we take one step closer to God. 
we get it just a little bit more. We experience it, if only for a moment, what it is to exist and live into that holy, eternal communion that has always been and will always be the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that we praise today and every day as people of faith. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.